beginning. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Joshua Black, as usual. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us once again. We appreciate uh, your support in what we're doing uh, in understanding and sitting with people's lost stories and hearing about their life journey. I think it's always a pleasure for me to speak to our guests, but also for you to, to learn more about their lives and to listen to their lives. It brings a lot of meaning, I think, to their journey as a whole. As well, you know, thank you for listening. We have people tuning in from all across Canada, all across the United States, and also uh, all these other parts of the world. Uh, I think Ireland, uh, I don't know, Germany. So all over there are people tuning in, and we really appreciate that. And we really uh, value the type of uh, time that you're giving us to, to uh, put these out and also the time to for you, that you're taking out of your life to listen to them. Uh, so today we have special guest Patrick Beedling. Uh, he's an old buddy of ours from high school and we're just retouching base with uh, Patrick so we get to uh, hear about what he's been up to. So he lives in Toronto currently with his family where he also works as a psychotherapist and plays music. As a therapist, Patrick maintains a small private practice and counsels people who are recovering from motor vehicle accidents. He is a singer-songwriter in the indie rock project Barbarossa www.barbarossa.ca is where you can find his band information and music and videos and all sorts of fun stuff. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Josh. So it's been a long time since we reconnected. I know I just found out you had a band maybe a year ago, probably. And I, I actually yeah. got the chance to watch you play. And I was very impressed because, you know, sometimes, you know, your fr or old friends or colleagues, whatever, they, they have bands and they're really bad and you, you know and you go to their concert for support right like that's yeah. but when I, when I when i heard your music it actually was really good and I, i've been basically following you as you move forward um and i can't wait to sort of ask some questions about your group that i don't really know but before let's talk about our days at sir winston churchill that was right. uh, how long ago was that when did when well, did we graduate Oh, three. So we're looking at, you know, over a decade, 13, 14 years, I think, uh, since we graduated. Wow. So we knew while. each other probably like yeah, three years prior to that. So almost like 18 years or something. And it's crazy well, yeah, how we, far we've come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we played basketball together even before that, I think, for the St. Catharines Rebels. And um, Josh, <laughs> I know that you, I think you started out at Collegiate, right? And then you, and then you came over to Sir Winston briefly. So we, we got the chance yeah, to that's go to school together a little bit that was true yeah it was uh my big goal was to be a basketball superstar so i heard uh swinson churchill was the place to be <laughs> right yeah i always try to tell josh i always try to remind him how he was as a player like you know in my eyes he was like a tenacious you know like dennis rodman jumping on balls like breaking mm. ankle ankles type of players maybe slightly oh, cheating yeah. sometimes i don't know josh uh patrick what do you think yeah, definitely. That's that's what I remember. Super scrappy. Um, just uh, definitely like kind of a rough and tumble player. Um, my game was a lot different, I would say. I, I, you know, a little smoother, a little more graceful, you know, not not to, uh, you know, uh, not to poke fun at, at your game or anything, but it's just, just different, right? I mean, I, I like to play the sort of shooting, small forward shooting guard position and, uh, um, Josh, I mean, you were a shooting guard, right? But like, I, I really that. just tried to do it all. I uh, tried to I tried to play that. center for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever I needed to do, I tried to do. Uh, mm. But yeah, it was it was an interesting time back then because I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and I used basketball as a way to 
release a lot of my anger, I think. So that's probably why oh. I was so tenacious. I actually, I love getting hit. I love the physicality of it all. And a lot yeah. of people who play basketball, I don't think, expect that or want that. Um, no. But yeah, you're definitely... You know, <laughs> but it was good times. It was good times. I remember, but we were on the same, I think the same team. And like, I think it was a three-on-three tournament at the school. I remember winning that over Chris Anura and Luke Marchand <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. So, Glory days. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it, was, it was cool. It was a good experience. And yeah, I, I said I made a lot of friends there too. So what happened afterwards? Because we lost touch uh, when I went back to collegiate for my final year. Um, what happened to you? I know you're a big rower at the time. Right. So I ended up going down to the States. Uh, I was recruited by Yale University uh, to row on their team. So I went down there uh, after high school. I was there for four years. And then when I graduated, I, uh, I went over to England briefly, but, but didn't last very long over there. And then I actually went back to the States for a couple of years. So I was, I was out of Canada for six or seven years after high school. And then I came back sort of in my mid-20s. Wow. Okay. And then, so did you play, did you always, were you always in the band? Like, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember you playing any music back in the day. No, no, I wasn't. I mean, I, we did like some cover band stuff in high school. Like we played a couple, a couple house parties. And I think we played, you know, the beginning of a school assembly once at Sir Winston, but that was in, okay, now we're, now I'm really dating us. OAC. So it's, um, that was the very end of high school that I sort of got into it. Um, I had played a bit of guitar before that, but uh, in OAC, I remember I was taking writer's craft and just really enjoyed that that sort of creative outlet. So I remember writing a, a couple songs for that class because we had to do different types of creative presentations. And then, yeah, and then I, I mean, I, I was always obsessed with music, like even through university, but I didn't play in university. Um, I wasn't in a band or anything. And then I just kind of picked up the guitar again when I moved back to Canada, uh, you know, I'd say six or seven years ago and started writing songs. Going into Yale, what did you, what did you think your career would kind of turn out to be? Or what were you, what was your direction going into university slash up college, what they call in the States? And then, uh, coming kind of maybe towards the end of it, what, what were you feeling then about your career? Like which direction I wanted to go in professionally? Do you mean? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't really know. I didn't. I didn't give it a lot of forethought uh, when I went down there. Now Yale is it's very much a liberal arts school, so you can you can kind of you know hem and haw about what you want to take for the first couple of years. Like I didn't have to declare a major until the end of my second year. So sort of favors people who are who are undecided about which path they want to take. Yeah, even even when I was down there, I I didn't really know. Um, I decided to major in history and then kind of, you know, thought about maybe getting into law school or, or trying to go that route when I was finished. But then I actually ended up trying to stay in history. Uh, I started a master's degree in history, but I didn't like it. So I dropped out and, uh, and then I came to the psychotherapy stuff and, and the music um, a few years later after working another job that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really like. I worked in advertising for a couple of years. That's an interesting journey. Wow. So you have a, a lot of experience of trying to figure out your path, I guess. And so what led you to want to do the psychotherapy? Like what drew you into that over, let's say, the advertising or being a history teacher? Yeah. Um, well, I, I really didn't care for advertising. You know, I was, I was working in pharmaceutical advertising, so it was really dry. 
pretty boring and just, just like a sort of, you know, corporate uh, existence that I, that I didn't want to have. I never, I never pictured myself, you know, in an office environment. And I think one of my coworkers said, <laughs> I've never seen someone so ill-suited to office life as you. That was, that was in New York. It's funny how you get into the working world, and I've talked about this before in the professional world, and sometimes people around you notice that more quicker than you notice it. I've had colleagues of mine kind of say similar things where, so I'm in uh, the manufacturing industry, and actually I have worked for a pharmaceutical company as well, so I kind of know how uh, standardized and cut and dry and regulations can kind of bog down uh, the creative mind. But people around you might kind of, they used to give me hints like, oh, John, you should, uh, you should, you know, get into the training, you know, you'd be good with that. Or you should do something a little more that allows you that creative flexibility, if you will. So you felt like that with definitely the advertising world. And then you found something else or or changed your direction because you kind of had that feeling, which is great. A lot of people don't make that move. A lot of people don't make that change where they decide consciously that, okay, even though I might be okay and on the right path, even career-wise, something doesn't feel right. So, you know, good for you for uh, making that uh, change early. Uh, yeah, for sure. And it wasn't it wasn't an easy move to make. I mean, I was gainfully employed. I was paying my bills. And yeah, basically, I just decided to quit. And, um, you know, without much of a plan, moved home and and lived with my parents again at age i think i was 25 and so they were kind of baffled and you know <laughs> they, they didn't really quite know what to make of it and um but i came home and I, I knew i wanted to do creative stuff so i started writing i started writing short stories and then that sort of morphed into uh playing music i picked up the guitar again and and then i really started enjoying that and started collaborating with people in the uh the music community in Niagara. And it was actually through that I met a, a buddy of mine, uh, this guy, Aaron Berger. He's a musician in St. Catharines. And he was telling me about his therapist and how she'd done a program at uh, University of Toronto um, that you didn't need a, the psych undergrad for. So I, I had majored in history and you just needed relevant volunteer experience. And uh, I had been volunteering actually at the hospital in St. Catharines uh, in my free time, which I had a lot of at that time because I wasn't really working. <laughs> and um, I was playing music there, just like leading sort of group jams in the, in the psych ward. And so, I mean, unbeknownst to me, I was, I was accumulating this experience that ended up being mandatory for this master's degree that I did at University of Toronto. That's fascinating. Like, wow. And so you're jamming out. So what's it like trying to write a song, especially in the beginning? Like, were they on like not like what were your first songs based on? Um, Living with your parents or being unemployed? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, sure, maybe <laughs> indirectly. Yeah. Uh, really, I was just picking up the acoustic again, and I would I would hang out with with friends, and we'd we'd play a little bit. We'd play songs that like cover songs that we liked, and then and then I, if I was playing sort of alone at my house, I'd just start strumming chords and. Yeah, just coming up with melodies, and it, it, it helped that I was writing at the time. You know, I was writing a lot of, like I said, short stories, and so I was, I was in that mode where I was, I was writing creatively, and so I had a lot of lyrical content that I felt like I could just pump into this, uh, into these songs. So that was, I mean, musically, the first songs were probably really bad, you know, but, but I felt like the lyrics were were okay. I mean, I was, I was putting a lot of thought into it and, uh, but I was really 
musically, I was just rediscovering um, the guitar again after after several years off. And so, when did you actually uh, form the band as a whole? I would say twenty, maybe twenty eleven. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of membership changes, but I, w- I was working at a restaurant in the falls, and I just started uh, started jamming with some guys from that that restaurant. You know, filling in the, the various roles. You know, we had there was a guy there who drummed and someone who played bass, and and then it kind of evolved from there. Uh, you know, people move away or sort of get on with their lives, and um, fortunately, at that point, you know, we sort of gotten involved in the Niagara music community anyways. So you start meeting people and, you know, people uh, who are open to, to new projects and, and creative undertakings like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been periods where we've had to change, you know, change bass players, change drummers. I think the drummer, <laughs> the drummer has changed the most out of anyone, but I think that's pretty typical for, for bands. <laughs> but we've always, you know, we've, we've kept it going the whole time. So, so you've been the one constant, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I've been the one, you know, pretty much writing the songs and uh, and keeping it going, right? So, so yeah, I've I've been, I guess, the, yeah, you're right, the one constant the whole time. So, why the name? Like, I'm always curious why bands pick the names they they have. So, why? I'm guessing you chose a name. So, why did you pick that name? Uh, well, we, yeah, we went through some other names at first, and then we had a show coming up, and I'd always just really liked that word, Barbarossa, and you know, it's it's a German mythical figure. It's a pirate. It it was a, a World War II sort of campaign. It's it's been a lot of different things throughout history, and um, I thought it I ha- had kind of a musical quality to it. So so that's that, that's what I went for. And then we I, I spell it with one S as opposed to two, and that's mostly for Google because if you Google Barbarossa with, with two S's, there's a whole bunch of results that come up. Whereas if you know with one S it's just a, a 1983 movie starring Willie Nelson. So, um, you know, less, less competition with, with one S. But I knew we'd arrived as a band when uh, a couple of years ago, it was the top result in my, uh, in my Google search. It was, it was higher than the 1983 movie. I'm not sure if that's still the case. but That's pretty, uh, that's pretty amazing. It's got to give you a good lift in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you probably get all the hits of people misspelling the word. What was that? You probably get a lot of hits from people misspelling the actual word. Maybe. These yeah, pot- that's, right? yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Seems like it, it's got this magical connotation to it. And like, I was listening to a song today that was very interesting. Sinking West, maybe one of your older songs. And yeah. like, I can actually picture, I can picture you guys like living on a pirate ship or something. It's like a very... <laughs> It's a very great song, man. I love it. It's upbeat. You know, it's got that West element, you know, a little bit of maybe a Spanish guitar element to it. And it's beautiful. Like your music, I've listened to a few songs. I can't put a pin on it. I can't like, for one of the songs, I thought, you know, this is kind of like uh, Muse mixed in with Red Hot Chili Peppers, mixed in with something else. And then it this the last one, the sinking in the West threw me off. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't put a pin on these guys. Yeah, it's it's pretty eclectic stuff. I think that can be both a strength and a weakness, right? It's not it's not easy to categorize, which which sometimes uh, you know when you're when you're dealing with a promoter, you're dealing with someone who's writing about your music. It's like they want to kind of put you into a certain genre or a certain camp, and uh, you know. But for me, it's all about 
keeping it interesting and keeping it fresh. So I don't like when I start writing a, a song, I don't, you know, I don't set out just saying like, Oh, I need to write a Western song or I need to write something that sounds like more alternative or more rock and roll. It's just, there's an idea that'll come into my head and then it just ends up, you know, being what it is. It doesn't you know, necessarily have, to, I'm not, like I said, deliberately trying to um, write a certain genre but yeah, the Thinking West one, like that, that was the first EP that we did. And that's, that's really when, you know, the project got off the ground and we started, we started playing more regularly. And, you know, that was the song that, you know, people really responded to. And you see people kind of grooving along in the crowd and, you know, even friends and family, when they start hearing your music, they're like, oh, that's, that's the one. But yeah, <laughs> but for someone, you know, for a new listener to our music, it's like, that's all they hear. They're like, oh, these guys are a Western band? Like, are they like a frontier rock band? (laughs) So, so, you know, not really. I I think it can be a little bit misleading sometimes that one. Uh, You know, I like that aspect. I like the fact that you can't typecast you in and some of the best bands have evolved with each album, each record they've put out. So it's not like we're not used to that. And again, like, look, if, if you know, people listening, if you like good music, you like music, you like good music then yeah this is this is what good music is so you know it sounds great the quality is great you know you have so many interesting elements in each song like so many nuances and riffs and you know it's 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 awesome i love it thank you yeah i mean it uh you know they it evolves uh it evolves slowly so yeah those 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 nuances i guess kind of take shape over over time as you you know as you sit with the songs for a little longer and um, but, but yeah, that the Sinking West recording, it was good because, uh, I needed, like, I'm, I'm a guitar player, but I'm not much of a soloist. So, so that, that brought, uh, you know, someone new into the band, right? I, there was, um, my buddy Max, who, uh, he's not playing with us currently, but uh, a few years ago, I, I just reached out to him and said, Hey, I need someone to play a solo, uh, for this recording. And then from there, he basically said, well, you know. I want to do the solo, but I want, I also want in, like, I want to, I want to be a part of this. So it was kind of like, yeah, if, if you build it, they will come like, you, you know, I had to sort of make that initial investment, um, uh, you know, to, to get some recordings down. And then, and then from there it, it started to, to attract other players and people start to see that you're a little more serious about it when, when you're actually recording and, and, you know, trying to get a, an actual offering out into the world. So what was it, what's it like? going on stage i've seen you play a couple times uh live and so what's that feeling on there because i see like when i look at you i think you're in like your own world right is that true <laughs> like what happens <laughs> yeah i mean i would say so it's it's definitely a um it's definitely a euphoric uh feeling uh, you know it, I, I i really love it and i'm not sure what what makes it so magical and, and euphoric because you know frankly a lot of the stuff leading up to it is is, is really tedious and, and can be frustrating i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of logistical elements that go into playing a show right like getting you know getting everyone to the gig getting a sound check making sure the gear is coordinated everything's organized i mean there's there can be a lot of headaches in advance but like once you're actually up there playing it really, it certainly really reminds me of why I keep doing it, you know, because sometimes the in-between can be, like I said, it can be tedious, but the performance aspect definitely makes it all worth it. So you just had the new album come out a couple months ago, right? And what was that That's called? Right. Uh, it was called Eye of the Rabbit. And so what's this album about? 
I don't think there's really a, a really cohesive uh, theme to it. Yeah, there's 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 not a cohesive theme. But the Eye of the Rabbit title came from it is just kind of this silly thing. I I have two pet rabbit and uh, I had taken a picture of one of them and uh, I noticed when I zoomed in on on his eye, it gave it this really sort of cosmic look. And I I annoyed a lot of my friends with it. We'd go out and have a few a few pints and you know, invariably, I'd end up like zooming in on this picture, and I, I just thought it was, uh, it was it was a rabbit's eye, obviously, but it, it looks like this sort of like a, a black hole in the middle of a sandstorm. <laughs> it looks very cosmic, so um, it was just kind of a silly, uh, you know, inside joke. And I also liked it because the the name of the first album was Sinking West, which is like this very grandiose title. I mean, I I think I named it like right around the time that. Uh, or I wrote that song right around the time it was it was shortly after I moved back from the states like that that big financial crisis in 2008 where yeah it felt like the western world was really collapsing in a lot of ways and so yeah th- that title was more of a grand statement whereas this one I mean what's what's like smaller and and like less significant than the eye of a rabbit I don't know it's just that comparison sort of made me laugh it's pretty funny like I never even thought about why you would name it that but that's yeah. actually pretty funny thanks for sharing yeah yeah well exactly and and, and you know the story i guess wouldn't wouldn't come out otherwise right unless you ask so <laughs> that's where it comes from so there is a song in there um these lanes and you're talking about i believe it's traffic uh driving uh driving on the 401 How, right. is that true is that what the song's about yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> So is it, what happened there? Were you just like in your car thinking, you know, why am I in this traffic? And like, oh, I could write a song. I guess, yes, essentially. I mean, I, um, like I, work, I work in Brampton and I work in Mississauga quite a bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving out to the suburbs and, and periodically, you know, I mean, Sean, you're, you're, in, you're in Toronto a lot. I mean, I guess every day and you're, you're commuting, right? So it can be pretty punishing. And, you know, I, I start to feel really tense and anxious as I'm sure a lot of people do who are either just starting their work days or just finishing. And yeah, it was just kind of based on this feeling like the the song is about wanting to feel connected with all these other, with all these other commuters who are kind of going through the same thing as you, right. Who are probably also really frustrated and bored and agitated, you know, sitting there on (laughs) the 401 or the 427 or the garden or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it can get really tense, you know, and it's just one of those things where we all have somewhere to go. We all want to get somewhere. We're all coming from somewhere. And most of us don't want to be here. We don't want to be on this road during the day. And we all know what we're getting into because when you're driving in rush hour, you're looking at your watch. You're like, oh, am I, did I get out early enough? You know, oh, I'm in the, yeah. am I in the middle yeah. of traffic? And it just becomes this. Uh, it can get, you know, again, it, it this is one of the worst things to happen to humans because we're like, you know, it taps into our ego, you know, our frustrations, you know, and, and it, it could potentially bring the worst out of some people. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And I think it's one of the it's one of the biggest pitfalls of living in, in Toronto, you know, and I've actually heard of people leaving the city because they just get so exasperated with the traffic here. And, and I can understand it. You know, I mean, it's a city. It has so much going for it, like uh, culturally, and I, mean, I love, I love living here. Uh, but, but the traffic is just awful sometimes. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that song was, it was kind of nice to be able to insert like a few recognizable Toronto roots in there because, you know, people pick up on that and, and it's, it becomes kind of a talking point for the song, right? Like it, it you know, people, people understand it and, and they, they know right away that it's about traffic. Whereas I think some of the other stuff's a little more ambiguous, not, not quite as obvious. So tapping into your career as a psychotherapist, what do you do when you're commuting, when you're driving? Like for, for myself, you know, I will listen to a podcast or I will use, you know, my headset, my ear, earbuds, and I will talk to a friend as I'm driving. And it, it seems to let, it seems to obviously, you know, let time go by a little bit. Cause if I know I'm in trap, I'm here an hour and a half, I'm going to be sitting here doing this. So I'd rather be doing something relatively productive. What do you do? What does Patrick Beeling do? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I suppose, I suppose the same as you. I mean, um, I don't, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but like sometimes I'll, I'll put on the news. I'll put on talk radio. Um, I, uh, until very recently I was, I was driving a 2004 Saturn Ion. So I, um, I was sort of at the mercy of whatever was on the radio or whatever CDs I had. Now it, it was that, that model was the year before they, they came out with like the, um, the auxiliary input. So right. I couldn't. Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> So major, major bummer. So I, you know, I had to keep my, like, I had to keep burning CDs, which I'm not sure how many people are doing that anymore. But recently we got a, we got a new car. So I, um, I have Spotify now, which is just brilliant. I mean, you, you have access to, you know, just so much music. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I picture you actually driving in your car, but when you're in traffic, you turn on these lanes. Is that true or no? <laughs> Well, I've, I've done it before. Yeah. And, and actually we're, we're working on a, a music video for that song right now. So I've, I've been out once with a buddy of mine, we're going out again this week. And like, you know, we're the only, we're the only idiots who are like deliberately going into the worst Toronto traffic, to, you know, so, so we can film this video. And yeah, we've been putting the song on, right. Just to obviously set the, set the tone. That's really funny. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to see that video. Is this yeah. your first one? Um, yeah, actually, we we haven't done a video before. Like we've done, we've had some live video and uh, yeah, live performance stuff that we've done for the for just the internet. And uh, but this will be our first proper video. It's uh, my friend Mike Ford. He's a he's a photographer here in Toronto. So he he was keen to do a, a video with us. So um, we we started working on it, and hopefully by the spring we'll we'll have something together and we'll, we'll put it up online. That's pretty cool. So I guess like just wrapping up sort of some of the talk of uh, your band, what's your vision for it? Maybe like five, 10 years, like what do you hope to achieve or what do you hope to band to achieve in that time? Uh, I mean, I, I just like to, I'd like it to be a respected indie project. Um, uh, you know, it'd be good to have a bit of recognition, I guess, in, in, in Toronto and Niagara. Um, I mean, those are the cities that we play the most. We've, we've played a little bit outside of those places. Uh, you know, we've done Montreal and, and the East coast, but we're, we're, we're pretty unknown out there. I mean, it'd be nice to get some stuff on the radio. I mean, just, I mean, really when you're, when you're playing music, you just, you want people to hear it. Right. And, and that's, I would say increasingly challenging just because of the sheer number of, of bands and artists that are out there now, uh, you know, vying for people's attention. 
you know, but what, what sort of um, heartens me is, is kind of what you were saying earlier, Josh. I mean, <laughs> I think we've all had that experience where, you know, someone asks us, hey, come on out and see my, see my band or see, come see me perform. And, and it's not that great. Um, uh, you know, so we've been fortunate in the sense that we, you know, we've, we've continued to get friends and family out even now after a few years and, and typically, you know, the stuff is, is well received, right? So, you know, I think a lot of bands fizzle out when, uh, when their friends lose interest and they, they come out once or twice and they think, eh, you know, this isn't very good. So, um, so, so the band will stop, but I mean, we we at least can play pretty regularly and, and count on getting some friends, some family out to support us. But I mean, certainly it would be nice to, uh, you know, to go beyond that a little bit, to get written about a little more, to, to have songs uh, played a little more widely, like on the radio and stuff. I really hope that occurs because I said, like, I, I love the music. And I listen to it regularly. I just wish there was more songs on the album. I think there's like six <laughs> songs on your new album. So like, <laughs> you know, it gets, you know, after, you know, it's about half hour. Right. So I'm like, okay, well that's done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then the first, the first album I think is four songs. So yeah. So really there's like 10 proper recordings out there right now. So yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice too to do a full length for sure. I think you're on the right path, path, Patrick. Because you know, when I listen to the music, it's I could tell it's a well crafted song. You know, you guys have put a lot of thought and effort into each one that you put out. And I think as long as you keep doing that, the as long as the quality is there, you're, you're working on the content. You know, the people will support you. You know, you're doing the show, so you're putting in the hours, which mm. is just going to refine your process. It's going to refine your process even more and I liken that to the podcast that we're doing because, you know, with each episode that we do, you know, we really try to focus on the content. We try to focus on what we're doing, the sound quality and the questions mm. we ask. And it's not so much as about, well, you know, we wish we were at, you know, 10,000 listeners or whatnot. It's it's like, no, let's just put together the material that we want to put together. Let's do what we want to do and let's have fun doing it. And, you know, the listenership will come and all these other things will come and you know, we are slowly getting recognition on that front. And I hope, obviously, hopefully you're doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it sort of, uh, it sort of separates, like, you know, the longer you stay with it, 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 I think you become more convinced that, okay, my, my intentions are pure here. Like I'm, I'm doing this for, for the love of it and for the love of, of music. Right. I mean, I, we all know like that sort of rock and roll, you know, famous lifestyle has been mythologized a lot, you know, so there's a lot of people I'm sure who, who would love that, right. Who would just love that sort of attention. And, you know, the longer you do it, yeah, the more it, it just sort of guarantees that you're doing it for the right reasons, I would say. And yeah, I'm also lucky in the sense that I do have a day job uh, as a therapist. It's a day job that I like. So, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, paying my bills with, with this project. Right. And, and I get the sense it's it's the same for you guys, right? Like this is this is a passion project for you, and you know, I mean, if someday it becomes like a, a full time gig, then that's great. But but for now, that's not the case. Yeah, it's very true, very true. And one day uh, we hope for it to be that, right? It's because it's mm -hmm. like where our passion lies, and raising awareness on on grief and uh, in the dreams that can come, and people's life journeys, right? Because that's I think we miss a lot. We miss out on that aspect when talking to people because even after it was after my father passed away i didn't really ask too much about his life journey until afterwards 
And it's fascinating okay. what people go through, right, in their time. So this is sort of, you know, one aspect of the podcast that I really like talking about. Also, in episode 16 that we had, we really talked about being childlike and playing more. So I developed a game uh, <laughs> for us to play today. I think I watched Jimmy Fallon too much. <laughs> so hopefully you're willing to play. And basically what the game is, is if you can guess what song a unique word comes from, from your album. So I'll oh. say a word and you tell me what song that comes from. Oh, Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be easy, but watch, you're going to stump me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one is currency. Oh, that's Christian. Yeah, correct. Look at this. He's got it. All right. Next one say is dry. Dry. Oh, that's uh, Tiger Dance, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is fun, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm having a good time. All right. Next one is uh, Dream. Uh, oh, by Seducer's Diary. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay. And let's see. We've got a couple more. Um, Journey. Oh, Molly and her friends. Journey on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And the number five. The number five. Mm. Hmm. Or it could just be five. I don't know. <laughs> it's five. a number. <laughs> I, you got me. You got me. Wow. It's Seducer's Diary. Five okay. years gone. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. All right. Uh, last one is Stripes. Uh, that, that's Tiger Dance. That is Tiger Dance. So do you remember that lyric? Oh, yeah. Paint each other's bodies with tiger stripes. Yeah. <laughs> and so my question to you, Patrick, is have you ever done that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. No, I've, I've heard like, um, you know, there's these like, I've heard like a buddy of mine went on a date with a girl and they went and like they did body painting. So I think that's where I, I got the idea. That was a few years ago. I'm, you know, I'm not sure, like, yeah, I'm not sure where it's offered or, you know, if, if you can get, I'm sure you could get tiger stripes <laughs> if you wanted, right? It's up to you. Well, you know what? You're a man that knows your music. You know, like, you did a pretty good job with that. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Like that's four cool. out of five, five out of six? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Thanks for playing. That, <laughs> yeah, no problem. And, and, and that, that first, uh, the first one you asked about the, when you said currency, like that, hmm. That made me uh, that really connected when you when you were talking about uh, playing and um, I mean that song is actually kind of about my time working in advertising and just yeah just feeling kind of trapped and and feeling as though yeah you're on this corporate path where you could you could make a lot of money if if you stick with it and and play that game but like every authentic part of you doesn't want to so you learn how to trade a different sort of currency, right? That isn't money, like stuff that I guess is more meaningful to you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that you've made that decision. You know, I'm obviously, you know, we're slowly getting to the point, hopefully in our lives where we realize like passion projects, being creative, fulfilling a different side of ourselves is important uh, in mm -hmm. this life. We only get a very short life. So, you know, it's 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 good to do that. And I know stability and career and all that's great. It's being safe. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, sometimes, you know, 
in order to get the rewards, you got to risk something and you got to risk uh, having that financial stability and whatnot. But, you know, it sounds like you're doing a pretty good thing. You're doing a smart way. And, and you know, I wish you all the best and success with uh, the band and whatnot. So with uh, obviously with the podcast, we do talk about grief and loss. So we wanted to ask you, have you had any loss in your life that you'd like to share with us? Well, I mean, I've, I think I've been really, really fortunate in the sense that I, I haven't lost a, a, a close family member um, in my life. So I don't have really an experience like, like that to share. Uh, but I guess I could talk about, you know, someone that, that you guys would know, um, uh, Jaisal Shohan, a guy we went to high school with, a buddy of mine, and, and he passed away just over two years ago in a snowboarding accident out in, yeah, out in right. Whistler. So, so that was, I mean, that was a real, I mean, it was a real, it was a real tragedy. I was, I was hanging out with him a lot at, at that time. And I mean, he was a guy, he, we actually kind of reconnected be, because of music, I would say. Like he, when I first started the band, he was, he was back in Niagara and he had actually just left a job in the States uh, as an engineer. And he, he played trumpet with us for uh, the first, first few gigs and then he moved up to Waterloo and, and, and he started working there, but we really kept in touch and, and he would, he was always on board to go to a, a show, right? Like if you, you know, if you had a show that you wanted to go to in Toronto, you know, some, some indie band that <laughs> maybe no one else had heard of, like I'd call him up and, and he'd be down and he'd probably have heard of them too. Um, and, and we went to, we went to a couple music festivals together too. So yeah. So when, when he passed away, it was, it was a real, it was a real shock, and um, it's tough to lose someone like that who's, you know, who's very, very much alive. You know, he was very much alive in my eyes, right? And we're able to share music together, which is one of the most life-affirming things for me, right? So, I mean, that that was and and continues to be a bit of a hard hit. Wow, and it's and you say he was very young too, and you, it's not something you expect. And I think mm-hmm. those losses can be, you know, one of the most difficult because it showcases our own death that's that may be possible right as we move forward yeah yeah definitely he was he was 30 i think when he died so have you ever incorporated that into your music or have you wrote a song about that loss at all um yeah i actually have there's a new song it's it's not recorded it's called uh it's called bon vivant uh you know and it's uh it's a that's a french word that means you know someone who lives well has a love of life and uh, and there is actually a lyric about uh about Jaisal in there. Well, it's amazing you can sort of uh, memorialize them in that way. And when mm. you when you go through when you go through like any kind of grief, is, do you lean on music as a way to cope? I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Uh I, I think I I think I lean on music and you know in any mood to be honest. I mean there's yeah, there's music that I uh that I'll turn to when I'm, when I'm feeling a little more melancholy and, and down. But yeah, like going through a grieving process, I guess, is no different. I, you know, there's, uh, music is definitely a huge, um, a huge help through that. And so, like, have you ever, uh, moving on to sort of dreams, have you ever dreamt of them? Uh, not that I, I can recall, but I mean, I'm not, I definitely, I, I dream, but my dreams, my dreams evaporate pretty quickly um, after waking up and, and I haven't been too disciplined about, about writing them down. I know some people do that, right? They'll do like dream journals where, 
they keep they keep a notepad right next to their bed and they'll they'll capture it right when they wake up and I I've done that a couple of times in my life but that was that was years ago so yeah I don't I don't recall having any any specific um, grief grief dreams that's interesting yeah a lot of people say they do that and I guess it is supposed to help with dream recall um, in the sense that you'll ha- you'll remember more dreams when you wake up but at the end of the day you're still having dreams it's just they're not too significant for you. And I'm guessing if you had or you remembered a dream with Jaisal, it might be a little bit more significant because of the bond you guys shared. Yeah, I would think so. I, I would hope so, at least, that I'd, that I'd kind of hang on to it. But what, what's that called? So, like vivid? Is that vivid dreaming when you, can, when you can remember sort of all the details of your dreams? I know some people, some people have that. Yeah, it's more of a vividness is just like, hey, I guess, yeah, how real it, it feels. It'd be a good way to put it. Um, okay. Some dreams are vivid, other ones aren't. Yeah. So moving That's forward, cool. so if you could dream of either Jaisal or maybe one of your history people that have passed away over the years, um, since I know you're you went to school for that, is there someone in particular you'd want to dream about? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I would say probably probably could be Barbara. Oh, you're Jaisal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you could yeah, you could have dreamt of the pirate, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be cool. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe on a pirate ship. But, yeah. Uh, and so, what yeah. would you want that dream to be with Jaisal? Well, maybe, maybe being at in some sort of uh, you know music festival environment, that would be cool. I think you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a festival, but but it, it feels like an escape from reality. It feels like kind of a different world, and I think you know, to sort of have that in a dream would be <laughs> would be pretty cool. That's interesting. So would you want to be listening to the music or do you would you want to be on stage performing? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. I, I mean, either, I think either would be fine or, or some, some combination of the two would be amazing. I think those are like two different dreams mixed together, right? Like, you know, <laughs> one you have one separate dream where you're performing, you made it on stage, you're at a festival, maybe Jaisal's in the audience and then maybe another mm-hmm. Uh, dream where you're like both just enjoying each other's company and yeah festivals are like that right they're kind of dreamlike where you're just going mm. from like stage to stage to stage yeah absolutely absolutely it feels like it feels like a total escape from uh from reality awesome well you know patrick it's been great i know uh we got to cut this a little short but you know thank you for coming on uh doing our podcast we really appreciate it we wish you the best of luck in the future. And it really sounds like you're on the right direction. You know, you got your head on your shoulders. They're creating amazing content. And, you know, people, listeners, just, you know, give it a, give it a, a listen. You'll really enjoy it. Um, you know, just, just within the first couple songs. Like, I know, like, for me, a lot of times, it takes a while to kind of warm up to certain types of sounds and music. But to be honest, with your music, I just jumped right in. I started enjoying it. I could see it being like my favorite for the next month or two. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. I, I've, I've definitely had that experience where, yeah, something just didn't didn't click with me at first, and then five listens later, suddenly it's my favorite thing. Um, but uh, but I'm glad that there's yeah a bit an immediacy to. Uh, you know, to the stuff that we've we put out there where people are people are sort of getting it or they're enjoying it on first listen because <laughs> as I was kind of alluding to earlier, like you don't get a lot of chances. There's a lot of music out there, uh, you know, a lot of bands creating stuff. So you kind of do have to hook people in right away. Um, otherwise, you're going to get overlooked. So 
I'm happy to hear that. And and thanks for saying that. And and let me let me echo that that sentiment. I mean, I think it's I think it's really neat what you guys are doing, and um, you know, really unique. And I'm like I'm always happy to you know support people who are who are doing interesting and and, and different things. You know. And and I, I felt like there was a bit of an overlap too with uh, with the therapy work that I've done. Right, I, we didn't get too much into uh, psychotherapy today, but um, I mean, historically, like dreams and, and dream analysis. I mean, that's that's been a huge part of of therapy. And Josh, I know you're like you're doing your um, are you doing your psych PhD right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you for that. And yeah, we're gonna have you back on for sure to talk more about your practice and you know what you've learned because I think there's a lot of things and tips that you can give our audience as they move forward in life so we'll definitely have you back on it was a pleasure and if do you have any uh, media handles uh, that you can share with our listeners yeah uh, so I think you mentioned barbarosa.ca that's barbarosa.ca and then if you go there then that'll link you to um, the Facebook, um, which is what we update, I'd say the most, most often. So if you add us on, on Facebook, you follow us there, then you'll be able to keep up, you know, pretty regularly with what we've got going on. We've, we've got a couple shows coming up that we're going to be uh, promoting very soon. Awesome. And, you know, we will definitely post your information when we upload this podcast so people can find the spelling if they are having a hard time with that and not yeah. click on, uh, the, <laughs> not add the, what was it, the movie that people were searching for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a Willie Nelson, Gary Busey. Oh, Western. You know, they might go together. Maybe, maybe you could get some sort of like, maybe you can do the score. Maybe if someone watched the movie, uh. muted it and then played your album, it would just work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's a Western, right? So if they, if they do a remake, we can always pitch Thinking West. <laughs> yes, I could see an intro credits, you know? Dun, 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 dun. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap up the show. Um, please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at griefdreams. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and many other podcasting platforms. Uh, if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please email us your story and what you would like to share at griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and again, with love and gratitude from us to you. Driving home, what a Sisyphean effort, murder in the whole road, the traffic slow. And time is the redeemer, time is such a chokehold You can't be sure There's a sneaking premonition he's wasting every day for The 401 to the 427 The gardener in the lake sure The less he thinks, better he feels Always something smudging the canvas Looking for love, looking to heal Always stuck in the chrome and the fabric the day is hard And his grip on the wheel is so emblematic Of his square yard But don't be so maudlin, don't be dramatic 